Hello, and thank you for watching At the Forefront FinTech Conversations. I'm CJ Lengua, Vice President of Account Management at Forefront. Uh, and today, it is my absolute privilege to be hosting Brendan Callen, the CEO of Tradu, and Brandon Mulvihill, the CEO and co-founder of Crossover Markets. Brendan and Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. You're too kind, CJ. Thank you. It's, it's our privilege, genuinely. Thanks, so on... Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about some big new news. Uh, Tradu recently launched. It is a uh, sister, essentially a sister entity to FXCM, one of the best known uh, FX providers uh, in the industry, uh, and, and houses the new retail offering covering multiple asset classes. What we'll also be talking about is Tradu's recent announcement of their integration with Crossover uh, for executing those crypto trades. Uh, so, uh, man, if that's not enough, if that's not enticing enough, stick around. We might get into some fun stories from the old days as well. Uh, but let's dive <laughs> right in. So, Brendan, the first question is for you. Uh, tell us yep. about Tradu. Uh, tell us about how it fits in with the existing FXCM brand um, and, and what was behind the firm's decision to launch crypto trading. Yeah, good. Thanks. You, you actually teed it up quite well there. I appreciate it. So, uh, Tradu is a new multi asset brokerage that we're very excited excited to be launching. And as you mentioned quite nicely, uh, spot crypto is one of the asset classes we'll be making available to the customers, to the clients of Tradu, obviously with help and support and services from the crossover markets team. Very excited about that. Um, to the latter question of kind of the why and the strategy behind it. So FXCM will continue to exist. The, the analogy I use quite often is, is Google with Alphabet's the parent company and below that there's Google and there's YouTube and all the other group companies below Alphabet. It's a similar situation. So actually the, the group company that I'm CEO of is Stratos Group. And below that is FXCM. FXCM will continue to operate. As you said, it's a, it's a longstanding player in the, in the FX and CFD industry, 25 years in the business, many thousands of happy customers. FXCM will continue to operate as it does. Uh, and then separate to that, we're launching Tradu, which is uh, new platform, obviously new name, new brand, and uh, a new suite of products available to trade. So that's what we're here, you know, promoting. And, and the Tradeu uh, crossover partnership is what will will be the core of the the crypto exchange that we're launching. As far as the whys and, and kind of why nows, uh, we're well positioned. So our business model is very largely take our access to institutional liquidity and clearing services. For the FX market and bring those to the retail, the individual trader, you know, and, and only add a small markup, so to speak, to cover our expenses. That that's kind of the kind of the crux of the business model, and we know how to do that very well. We've effectively done that very well. So we feel there's no reason we can't do that for the you know this, this, do the same thing effectively for the other asset classes. And as well, I would add to that. I think specifically to crypto, what we bring to the table is now now matters, so to speak. Like there, there's a time not too long ago where people just wanted to be in crypto. They didn't care what transaction costs they were paying. And they were paying many percentage points just to just to bind to, to Bitcoin. Sure. And and equally, you know, years ago there wasn't much regard or bother or concern about trading with a regulated company or not. I think the industry and the market itself has matured to the point where those things very much do matter now. So what we bring to the table, the benefits that we bring to the table resonate. And I, I am, you know, we'll get into this throughout the podcast, I'm sure. Uh, I'm very excited about, you know, the difference between what will be the trade of crypto exchange and the crypto exchanges that that the crypto enthusiasts are now used to. <laughs> 
That's a really good one. I think that's I think that's a point that you'll both have some pretty strong opinions on. Uh, <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. It, it's it's certainly going to be a journey, but but it's a journey where where you know the, the Stratos Group, Tradu, FXCM, um, really has a great start, um, and and absolutely is something that, that I think we've been seeing more and more of in the space is, is established players bringing tradfi sensibilities to the digital asset space and helping usher in that new era of market structure. Um, so, so Brandon, I want to turn to you for the next one. Um, so in specking out Tradu, I'm sure Brendan's team identified a few key areas where a partner was going to help elevate that offering and help them bring it to market more quickly, help it differentiate from the crowd, differentiate from the pack. Um, you know, what, what would you say, uh, you know, how is it that that crossover and cross X meet Tradu's specific needs? Um, and, and what does it mean to your existing venue participants to have them join the fold? Yeah, quite a bit. And uh, thanks for teeing that up. I, I think, you know, to foreshadow maybe a conversation to come, full disclosure, I worked at FXCM for 13 years, uh, half of that time at least reporting directly into Brendan. We'll certainly get into that later. So somewhere I have the FXCM tattoo. Uh, so apparently now maybe I have to get uh, a, a new one, maybe a second yeah. tattoo with the uh, the new brand here, which is exciting. But, you know, through that experience, uh, one of the things that we would always look at on the retail side is there's a whole plethora of surveys where you would go out to the retail customers and you would just ask them directly, hey, what's important to you, right? And you get back all kinds of, uh, of answers and then the ranking and the prioritization of those answers. And over time, you see a, a pretty significant trend that the number one thing ultimately is spreads. It's the cost of trading. And uh, there's certainly other things uh, that are uh, important, onboarding, trust of the broker, uh, charting, right, the actual platform itself. Um, but spreads is really at the heart of what clients want, especially when they're actively trading day in and day out. So for Crossover, what we've done is we built CrossX, which is an execution-only trading platform. Uh, we've brought best practices uh, from FX and equities in terms of market data, Liquidity, man, uh, liquidity management and order routing uh, to the business. And the three things that we're, we've kind of brought to the table is one, the concept of configurable liquidity. Uh, another way we, we talk about this is optimized matchmaking. Um, the second thing is the speed of trading. We're executing 99% of our orders in sub 10 microseconds. Uh, and then the third thing is the scalability of the performance of the system. So right now, day-to-day CrossX is processing between one and one and a half billion quotes per day. Uh, and we can certainly dive into kind of the details of why they, they matter, but the end result is those are the three ingredients that directly correlate to spreads. So if you want an environment that has tighter spreads, you're going to have to be uh, best in breed at each of those things. And that's what we think we bring to the table uh, and that's why we thought that this was going to be a, a very natural partnership with Brendan Cowan uh, and the team at Tradu. Sure, sure. No, very cool. So I think, you know, you each mentioned a couple of things that that maybe let's take a minute and, and, and double click on some of those, you know, talking about all the different venues out there, you know, the different options for execution, talking about the, you know, the three pillars of, of CrossX, configurable liquidity, speed, scalability. Um, uh, you know, let, let, let's dive in a little bit more, just as you said, Brandon, you know, what is it, I guess, uh, you know, that, that, that bring, bringing those things together will, will really kind of set Tradu apart for, for the, the retail, uh, trader, uh, Brandon, maybe we want to kick that to you to start and then Brandon, you can, uh, weigh in as yeah. well. 
So I, I think, you know, it's, it's, there's an interesting transition happening. I think for quite a while, there was this assumption that the, the blockchain, the digital asset, the crypto exchanges would slowly take over the more traditional financial services companies, the banks included, but certainly payment services uh, and, and brokers as well. There's an interesting kind of turning of the table happening there. And I think for very good reason. One, there's an element of the adults are coming you know, to, to the room now, like the, heavily regulated with proper governance structures in place, balance sheets, capital requirements, regulatory licenses to be in the financial services market. Like I said earlier, that's now a, a concerning matter for, for customers. They want to deal with someone that's regulated, reputable, and you know, and it has a proper audit structure and, and governance requirements and, and you know, regulatory framework that they're required to operate within. I think interestingly, though, crypto and the FX market in particular have a lot of similarities, particularly with how the technology works, right? And FX is a very mature marketplace, mature to the extent that the transaction costs are tiny on a, on a percentage basis. They're absolutely infinitesimal. And just by way of an example, there, there are a lot of crypto exchanges still charging two and a half percent. That's 250 basis points. That is absurd when you do that on a dollar per million basis, which is how we quote an FX on a dollar per million basis and institutional FX clearing and liquidity solutions are like two bucks a million, you know, and on a basis point uh, measurement, that's a, that's a fraction of a 10th of a basis point. We're just operating on totally different scales. So it's, it's just great to see that the wave is changing. It's, it's the FX technologists and experts that are bringing that technology and that cost basis to the, to the crypto market. So I don't know, how directly I answered your question there or inadvertently alluded it. Uh, um, but it, it's it's a notable transition in kind of the theme. And I think Brandon and crossover markets are on the front front of that. And and we as well, you know, I, I genuinely think that Trade U crypto exchange will stand apart from the others, as as Brandon was Brandon was emphasizing, largely on this cost basis. So, you know, the retail traders will trade on 10 basis points, not, not 250. Uh, and that goes down to five basis points, depending on the size of the trade. Like we're, we're coming at this with kind of FX level margins in mind. And, and you know, that, that's a good margin for the type of business that we operate. And it, it will only get better. I'm absolutely certain of that. Awesome. Sure. So I, I think what I could add to that, maybe just a quick question for Brendan is, uh, you know, roughly speaking, how, how many people do you have working in kind of compliance and, and operational <laughs> style of roles? What, what, what does that look like today? It's a good question. So if, if if you're just talking compliance, we have about 50 people. If you talk about AML and financial crime uh, control, it's another uh, 70 people. Like th th it's a it's a big lift. You know, so that's it. And, and that's on top of all of the services that we subscribe to and the automation that's in place. So these are people that are dealing with exceptions, not with every alert or or uh, you know or, or result that comes out of the process. And so, I, you know, I've been I've been doing a number of uh, interviews, podcasts recently. This is one of the things that come up. And, you know, certainly the, the stance I've taken over the past year is when you look at kind of the traditional crypto exchanges and everything that's happened, all of the, the series of calamities um, over that time period, uh, we're starting to see and hear more and more about uh, regulation in various jurisdictions and the, and the topics that are coming up are th in the regulation are things like the treatment of client money, right? Uh, things like uh, capital adequacy, right? Uh, things like marketing disclosures and advertising disclosures. Um, 
and it, and there's a whole litany of of additional items. And when I read these things, uh, what I recognize is these are things that companies like Tradu already do every second of every day. This is not new. This is just part and parcel of of their business. Uh, and companies like Tradu have already uh, spent you know tr- you know massive amounts uh, in, in the way of financial commitment um, to being regulated and to doing all of the things that you need to do properly. Uh, to make sure that you're, you know, harboring a, a, a safe and trustworthy ecosystem. And so we've always felt like traditional regulated financial brokers would ultimately come into the spot crypto space uh, and ultimately win out. Um, and I think that right now where you have consumer confidence uh, a little bit shaky in cer- certain jurisdictions in the spot crypto world, I think there's a great opportunity for Trado and others to step into this. Now, there's another part of the story that we're, crossover fits in a little bit more directly. And, and again, it relates to the technology uh, piece of this story. And so when you look at crypto historically, what's happened is the technology has built, uh, been built upon um, fairly juvenile uh, uh, matching engines, right? And so these are things built in WebSockets. Uh, the API guess, uh, gateways are REST. Uh, these are not things that would be fit for purpose uh, in the retail FX or retail cash equities world, uh, even futures. And so one of the things when you kind of look under the hood at CrossX is you see a technology platform that looks and feels very, very similar to what you would expect in traditional finance, right? Mm-hmm. We're not sitting in the cloud. We're physically hosted uh, in various data centers, namely NY4 in New York uh, or New Jersey and also LD4 in London. Uh, our API gateway is FIX, which we get a lot of extra credit for on, in the crypto world. It's something that Brennan Cow and his team deal with every day. This is not anything new to them. So uh, I think, uh, again, bringing in those best, best practices uh, from markets that you know are already much more mature, and, and just to use one kind of example of that, Brennan and I grew up in the world of FX trading. And, you know, one thing that you recognize early on is the, the world of equities trading was just a little bit more advanced than at retail effects was. Retail effects didn't start till 1999 and beyond, and retail equities had already emerged globally and, you know, prior to that. And so we could kind of look at the equities world and steal certain pages out of their book as we thought about the advancement of retail effects. And I think that from is certainly from a technical standpoint, that's what we're seeing, I think, in spot crypto is you can look at what the other asset classes have done and said, OK, this is ultimately where it's going to go. Uh, and in order to compete and in order to attack what Brennan was talking about, which is spread compression, we're going to need uh, technology that can actually handle, you know, billions of quotes per day. We need technology that can actually execute in microseconds, not milliseconds to seconds. Right. These things are all necessary in order to to in order to deliver to the retail consumer what they're asking for that's huge that's huge you mentioned uh you know sort of the you didn't use these words so correct me if you wouldn't say it this way but there's been that second mover advantage where you know equities went retail and electronic first and when you guys started building out retail fx you, you were able to learn from from what had been done and figure out okay what can we borrow what works and what doesn't work what do we need to improve uh, and you can also kind of see where it's going to go. You saw the playbook and how that plays out based on certain decisions. 
Um, so kind of keeping all that in mind and, and, and keeping in mind, you know, the, the, the 20-ish years that you spent at FX and now what you've accomplished so far with Crossover. Brandon, uh, I'll stick with you. What's next for Crossover? What's next for Crossover in 2024? And, and you know, what's on your mind? Uh, any interesting things on the roadmap that, that you want to uh, share with the audience? Yeah, I, you know, I think for us right now, you, you know, we went live with the core product uh, this year here in 2023. Um, we started to establish some very serious partnerships, like what we're talking about today. Uh, and I think for us, there's uh, kind of two major themes that you're going to see uh, in, in 2024. One is the continued expansion of our technology uh, footprint from a geographical standpoint. Uh, so today I mentioned we're in uh, NY4 in New Jersey, we're in LD4 in Slough in the UK. Uh, we're going to be looking to expand our footprint into either Singapore or into Tokyo. Uh, and again, this is all designed to take advantage of uh, what we've built in terms of our technology and make sure that we can deliver uh, to customers uh, who are located globally, uh, the best uh, experience possible. Uh, we're always striving to uh, reduce latency. And uh, and then the second thing I think is a whole litany of uh, various order types uh, that we can provide. Uh, and some of those order types like peg to mid, I, I won't get into the, uh, the details on this call. Um, they're not necessarily things that are directly delivered to the retail client. They're things that between us and Tradu, uh, are important. Uh, and again, what they do is they allow us to better optimize the liquidity for Brendan and his team, such that again, we're coming right back to the same point. We're just constantly optimizing. How do we go from, you know, Brendan's talking about, you know, in today's spot crypto world, retail is paying, you know, anywhere from 40 to 100 basis points, right? So, Right now, what we're up to is ordering, kind of bringing forth the first order of magnitude and reducing that uh, uh, by a significant amount. But there's things that we can do and will do next year where we then take the next step and say, oh, how, how do we deliver this? Order types is one of the weapons that we will be using to deliver to Brennan and his team to even further decrease that cost of trading. Awesome. Really cool. Brennan, I want to kick it over to you. Uh, obviously, trade has just launched, um, but what should our audience expect uh, in the weeks, months, yeah. and, and year ahead? So trade out of the gate is, is multi-asset. It's going to have spot cryptos, as we've covered, obviously. It will certainly have FX and CFDs. It will have listed equities, and it will have an e-wallet component to the, you know, to the comparison of like a Revolut um, or N26 type offering. And we've built this in a way where we've built and and we'll continue to focus on our core expertise of the FX and CFD, you know, element of, of the overall offering. And then we partnered with firms on doing the rest of it. So we kind of have this multi, you know, parallelized approach to advancement. We've got a wish list of the day two, day three, day four items in front of each of these uh, asset classes and, and offerings. And we're just going to crank through them so that, you know, the, to use another kind of big company analogy, I, I kind of consider Tradu version 1.0 to be the Tesla Roadster of 2008. Definitely a very impressive car in its own right and got a whole lot of people excited. But even then, we all knew that, holy cow, Tesla is going to redefine automaking altogether. And that's the ambition. Like our intention at Tradu is to build the super app for the active investor, uh, just to dwell on that. For a moment, because super app is kind of a well-trodden, even abused term. But the concept of a one-stop shop 
for financial services needs is certainly a valid and noble ambition. And, you know, many, many of the biggest companies on planet Earth have declared that to be their trajectory, including Apple and Google and X and WeChat and many others. And they're building a super app for the average person, you know, and, and therefore they're focused on functionality that the average person would appreciate splitting the dinner bill last night or categorizing your expenses, which are good services and, and certainly ones that would be appreciated. Yeah. Traders not doing that. We're not going toe to toe with Google and, and WeChat on this kind of mass market super app. We're going to build a super app that's laser focused on the active investor and providing what they're wanting in priority going through, you know, the, the functionality, the tools, the resources, the access that they would put first. And, their ability to deploy their risk capital is front and center in that, right? So right now, multi-asset means, multi-asset trading means either having many accounts at a lot of different brokers, juggling and learning all of the different apps on your phone. If today, you know, the next trade you want to place happens to be in Tesla, you may have to move some of your risk capital from your Binance account to your equities account to place that trade. That can take days mm. at times. Like that's a nightmare. And then you're spreading your risk capital across more firms, which is more counterparty to risk to, to the, each client. So FTX blows up. Whatever you had on deposit with them is gone. Good luck. They, they want to deal with the firms that they know and trust. Uh, and they want those firms to provide more and more you know, of the services that they're looking for. So you know, one version of multi-asset is many accounts and many apps. The other version of multi-asset trading right now is one very confusing, very discombobulated app from a broker that made a a lot of compromises to combine those asset classes into one. So you're not getting a best in class experience across any of the asset classes. And frankly, just learning the app itself takes forever. Mm -hmm. So the vision, like our strategy at Tradu is that who better than us to do this the right way? Like we do retail trading. We do the retail audience really, really well. We build trading technology for what I call the super users of, of fintech. Like FX trading is 24 hours a day. It's highly leveraged. The customers want zero latency. They want no downtime. Like it's very demanding client base, which is good. It's exciting. And I think 20 years of that experience have positioned us really well to do what I just described, to build the super app for the, for the active investor and bring the advantages that, uh, that we know they're looking for to these other asset classes. So, you know, the, the short version of the answer as far as what's next is just more, more, better, quicker, cheaper, faster, all of that. Uh, I, I'm excited about what we built in Tradu. I'm actually more excited about how we built it because I know we've done it in a way where it scales. We can add the tools that come to the, you know, the surface that resonate. AI is going to blow open the rate at which new trading technology and new tools for customers comes to the world. No firm can hold themselves to being the developer of all of those. It would just stretch any company way too thin. So we built a platform that's going to see who wins and integrate with the winner. Like fine by us, you know, we, we're here to, to provide you access. If we don't develop the next most sophisticated AI trading tool on planet earth, we just integrate with that firm, you know, and, and the customers can use it and subscribe to it to their heart's content. Um, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. We, you know, we intend to stay laser focused on this very specific client group of active investors and serve their needs. That's awesome. That's really cool. I want to ask one more question before asking you guys to share a little bit of history and maybe some memorable experiences. Um, uh, Brendan, back to you. you. You said one of the most exciting things for you is how you built this. 
I, you know, I, I, that we could probably have a three hour episode on yeah. probably, probably talk for a week. Um, but, but just one simple question um, is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. It's live. Folks can go to the They can learn, they can sign up, they can open accounts. Um, when did you start building this? How long did it take? You know, uh, the truth is we started in, in 1997 when FXCM started, like we developed expertise, you know, more specifically when we kind of wrote the first lines of code for the trade platform is, is about two years ago. This has been hmm. a, quite a project in the making. We weren't, you know, we weren't going to have asset. Uh, you know, we wanted to do it right. And it's a new offering. It's a new name. It's a new brand. We wanted to come out, you know, and, and, uh, and hit the right notes here. You know, we want to make sure that, the offering does resonate and is very well received by the target audience. Now, that's not to say the first version of this thing is going to be the ultimate, most refined, best version of it. By no means. Of course. But again, we're focused on what, you know, if if the, the button's got round corners here and in the crypto exchange has got square corners, the customers yeah. we're going after don't care about that. They care about having access, cheap spreads, a reliable counterparty. And that we absolutely are putting out in the world. And frankly, you know, the buttons do match. Like it's, it's a very good looking platform. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. For sure. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm excited yeah. about all the business that we'll get here. That's uh, really cool. Really, really cool. No, thank you guys for all the insight on the business and, and what's coming ahead. Um, let's take a little walk down memory lane. So you guys mentioned that you used to work together, spent some time at FXCM together. Uh, Brandon, let's stick with you. Um, is there something, you know, looking back on on Brandon when, when he was up and coming, uh, maybe some memory that sticks out, some some memorable moments, some great meeting that you had with a client or or some some time that he overcame adversity and you were so proud of him. I, I don't know, just so, something so, interesting that sticks out. No, I'm, 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 I love ending on this on this note. When when Brandon said earlier that he reported to me for a lot of those years, he's being very generous. We worked together for those years and Brandon is a big hitter. Uh, you know, I, this may sound like a cheesy answer, but I actually hope the most important memories are the ones we're about to make. I am really excited to be in business with him in crossover markets. And I think this, this crypto exchange is going to do big things, but to not, you know, not cheat and escape your answer. <laughs> Brandon and I, or your question rather, Brandon and I came to London in 2010 and FXM at the time had a, had a small presence, frankly, in, in the UK and, and more broadly in Europe. That don't bother Brandon for a second. He, like he was running the the FXM Pro, our B two B business at the time, and the fact that we were kind of at the time a small player in Europe didn't stop him at all. We we went and pitched deals that frankly we didn't deserve to be in the room or respond to the RP, and he won them. Uh, and it was phenomenal. And and Brandon is always three steps ahead of everyone around him. He he won those deals by knowing their pain points, by knowing the needs that weren't being addressed. And by lining up the solutions and clearly articulating those solutions, we want to deal with Barclays that, frankly, we didn't deserve to even pitch for because Brandon did exactly that. And then Brandon will remember this better than I. But in 2011 or 12, there was a, a fairly, you know, kind of revolutionary to not sound overly dramatic, but change in the regulatory environment in Turkey and, and offering FX to clients got massively more complicated. Hmm. Brandon just figured out all of the touch points, everything that the, the local firms would need to do and to provide to bring the solution to market. He went out there, lighted it all up for them, and we became the de facto player in Turkey because he won the first couple over and we just became the default. We still are the prominent liquidity provider to the Turkish Yatrams, the, the investment houses out there. And, and, and 
frankly and unsurprisingly, he's doing this again with crossover markets. His specialty is finding what people's needs are, recognizing the gaps and and covering that ground. And, and I think him and the crossover markets team are doing that fantastically well yet again. And it's it's a bit poetic, like the full circle analogy, like just launching this thing with Brandon and the crossover markets team is is poetic. I'm, I, you know, I'm thrilled. Couldn't be happier. That's awesome. Those are some great stories. Brandon, I might have some follow-up questions for you on those next week. Um, but how about you, Brandon? What, what are some, uh, what's a memory or two from, from your yeah, time? I, yeah, talk about great, great minds. I wish I, we, Brandon and I would have spoke before this because he he hit on really <laughs> two themes that I was going to touch on as well. It, in, in my mind, like the, what I was going to say is like, I, I have kind of a macro, it, it, Brandon's right. I think 2010 was a special year for us. Uh, FXEM acquired ODL. I think it, it took the, the the business like, you know, revenue, client numbers, headcount, just from kind of a, a smaller operation in Europe to this massive operation. Uh, Brennan was tapped to become uh, the CEO. So all of a sudden, you know, he goes from running sales globally to now he's in a position where he's meeting with the all of the regulators around Europe uh, all the time, managing compliance, the accounting team, finance, legal. And so... And so my job, uh, he tapped me, my job was to kind of oversee sales for him, right? Because he just no time. He needed kind of the, the lieutenants to, to make all this stuff happen. And what was neat for me was, uh, this might be, uh, I might not have this fact correct, uh, but I think I was the first one at FXCM to simultaneously oversee a retail sales team and an institutional team. Hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, we go, this all happened within weeks to months. So we go from kind of our day job, we, we know what we're doing, we're in a rhythm, everything's great, to all of a sudden, like the two of us are in London in like these positions with all kinds of workload. It, I just remember like the energy level was sky high and it was amazing, uh, amazing time. And I wanted to counter that because I was also going to bring up Turkey. Um, and specifically, though, a very narrow example. So so what 2011... Uh, the SPK had come out with the the uh, with a regulatory framework for the first time. Uh, prior to that, retail effects had not been uh, regulated, and so on a particular trip, Brendan and I find ourselves going out to Istanbul uh, to see clients, and, and so that and that was great. Just now we're getting to experience a new city and a new country with a new culture, and it was just, it's just such a wonderful experience. But then we also had to get on a, a plane to go to Ankara, the the capital. Uh, there to see the the regulator, and uh, and that was that was not the most luxurious uh, trip I would tell you. It, it, we were on a budget airline, stayed at a budget hotel in in a town we definitely did not know, and uh, went and met with the regulator, uh, and then came back. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun fond memories. Uh, uh, but that one in particular, I just uh, always look back on. It was fantastic. So I. I, I definitely, Brendan is, always has a uh, an eye to the future. Uh, I think you have to be an optimist uh, when you're a CEO and you always have to be looking forward, uh, not behind. And so I'll definitely echo his sentiment that uh, hopefully the best memories we can talk about are the ones happening uh, here ahead of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're starting to sound like a, a classic Frank Sinatra song and that I don't mind that one bit. Um, well, no, Brent, Brendan, Brendan, thank you guys so much for taking the time today, for sharing your experience, your insights, telling us about what's going on with Tradu and CrossX. Um, 
uh, just really cool. Great conversation today. Really nice to end on on a, on a fun high note. Um, just want to, for the audience, say if you want to learn more about Tradu, uh, head over to Tradu.com. That's T-R-A-D-U.com. Um, and uh, if you want to learn more about Crossover, CrossoverMarkets.com. If you thought this was an interesting episode uh, of our podcast, we've got a whole back catalog at Forefront Comms with two M's, C-O-M-M-S.com. Uh, we've also got a bunch of other thought leadership for marketers and entrepreneurs, specifically in fintech and capital markets. Uh, but once again, thank you to our audience for listening. And thank you to Brendan and Brandon for taking the time to, to have this conversation with us today. Thank you, guys.